Have you ever experienced a dry, itchy scalp or ever wondered why your color isn't lasting as long as your hairdresser promised? Well, unfiltered, mineral-filled water could be the reason why. Did you know hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin? And that about 85% of the United States uses hard water filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine. That's where Canopy's new filtered showerhead comes in. Known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, Canopy is dermatologist recommended. This unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water. Best of all, the Canopy filtered showerhead is hassle-free, installation's a breeze, and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement. Go to canopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered showerhead purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, Gore listeners can use our code ROSES at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. Creams and serums are made of 70% water, 15% preservatives and emulsifiers, leaving only around 15% for the active ingredients that your skin needs. But luckily now, there's fiber skincare. 15 years ago, the scientists behind fiber skincare started working on nanofibers, which are 500 times smaller than human hair. You know, I I saw that in um, Three Body Problem. Mm. One year ago, they patented a way of wrapping the nanofiber around oil or liquid-based ingredients. This means they can deliver five times the active ingredients compared to creams or serums, as there is no need for water, preservatives, or emulsifiers. The first formulation made with this technology is plant-based, anti-wrinkle. It's a set of patches that you use over a series of seven days. You just put these on whenever you would apply your serums and your skin is going to feel tighter in 10 seconds. And over the seven-day program, it has been clinically proven to reduce wrinkles by, get this, 19.4%, a very precise percentage. In fact... Mm. They have a tighter skin guarantee. If your skin isn't tighter in seven days, they're going to give you your money back. No questions asked. You get the tighter skin guarantee with this seven-day routine. Tighter skin or your money back. Get a 15% discount code by using the discount code GAME. That's Fiber Skincare. If you are a wine lover like myself and you got to have it for your bachelor reviewing parties, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. I found the personalized, the most personalized wine club that has amazing wines and exclusive perks called First Leaf. As a First Leaf member, you get to try new wines and I'm guaranteed to enjoy them because they got to know my unique preferences. I answered a few questions on their website, this quiz about the flavors you like, how often you drink wine, Monday nights, if you prefer red, white, or rosé. And based on these, it gives you this amazing selection of wines tailored just for you. And when you rate those wines, it gets even more tailored, a la, you know, uh, Netflix. Just play into the algorithm. My algorithm got me both rosé and white wine, my Mm. favorites, and they were so delicious, and I've gotten to enjoy them with many of my my friends. Look, being part of the First Leaf Wine Club also has perks. As a member, you get access to their incredibly helpful wine concierge. So if you want uh, wine pairing advice or you want to talk about the wines in your box, you can always talk to one of their experts. Plus, you get member-exclusive pricing. What's in the box? On every order. Join 
the club today and discover new wines you'll love with First Leaf. Go to tryfirstleaf.com slash roses to get your first box. That's T-R-Y-F-I-R-S-T-L-E-A-F.com slash roses. Tryfirstleaf.com slash roses. It's the Game of Roses. Welcome to the Game of Roses. This is the Game of Roses. Okay, so Cassidy is not entirely the person that you think she is. Um, and she has a friends with benefits that she's had for a long time. And she was FaceTiming him right before she met you. And she's letting him know, I'm going to be MIA for a little bit. And apparently he said back to her that he wanted to do nasty things with her when she got back. It would be cuddling season. And so... Obviously, she's not here for you and to have love with you. Okay. Welcome to Game of Roses. This is Pace Case. This is Bachelor Clues, and we are about to bring you the game breakdown for week one. That's episode two. This is the first game of the regular season. We got group dates. We got a one-on-one. We got villains emerging. We have our first second audience play, really, that we're going to get to see throughout the course of the season, where we're seeing some STCOs, some tears. (laughs) These villains are crazy as shit this season. We have our first dynamic duo villains, arguably. Arguably, yes, they're they're something of a duo, and we'll see how long each of them last in our beloved game. Of course, tonight's episode was cut off before the fucking rose ceremony, which is always terrible, in my opinion. I agree. I hate it, in my opinion. <laughs> you agree with yourself. Like Claire, I hate something. Yeah. But before we get to our game breakdown, we have a couple of pieces of business. Number one, the book, How to Win the Bachelor has just two short weeks before it is birthed into this world. Apparently, some people have already gotten theirs. Yeah, it's already birthed. Which is hilarious because Clues and I don't even have the book yet. Yeah, if you've pre-ordered it, there are people who now have the actual hard copy, the hardcover in their hands. They are reading it now. I have no idea how this happened. We have no answers. (laughs) You're the chosen ones. You're the chosen pit people. Yeah. And second, we now have another piece of merch. It is many pieces, in fact, and they are the merch that you wear on your body. Clues might call it a hat, but it's jewelry. What a hat? This is a reference to you thinking that the sweatshirt was a shirt. <laughs> okay. I don't, You're taking that a little far. I don't think that a ring is a hat. I think so. I don't know. I don't know what happens over at Core HQ. Um, But we did a collaboration with Vera Meat, and we have a series of rings and necklaces available. They are the staples of the Gore brand. You got Bachelor, you got Bachelorette, you got 4TRR, you got Cringe, you got 4TWR, Balin. Maybe there's a dynamic duo out there who might want to get a pair of those necklaces. And just to clarify, these necklaces have those words on them, as do the rings. Oh, yes. You have also a ring that says Gore. You have Weirdo. All this kind of stuff. So please go check that out. We have links to it all over our social media. You can also just go to veramete.com and look under her collections and you will find the Game of Roses collection there. And all of these are available. They're pretty cool. I don't really wear jewelry other than my immortality talisman around my neck. 
That's, of course, a cryogenic freezing tag. And uh, other than that, though, <laughs> I would wear all of these uh, necklaces or rings. They are really outstanding. Your cryo freezing tag is a necklace. Technically, yes. It's a it's like a medic yeah. alert tag that I wear on a chain around my neck. For anyone, the for the 2% of listeners out there who don't know what this means, Cruz has <laughs> a tag that has a number that you call if you find his dead body and it, they will bring his body to be frozen, to be reincarnated. That's right. With all of those other people. Look, I... You know, people hear this and they think it's crazy, and I know it is. I don't think it's going to work. Hey, you offered it up. Well, I'm just saying it's the only jewelry, jewelry I wear, but I don't think it's actually going to work. I just think, or I know I should say, that right now on planet Earth, it is the only physical possible way that is even offered to cheat death. We have digital ways, many digital ways, Instagram, Twitter, whatever. Those will all outlive you. All the data you're putting into those systems is immortal. So we have that, but I'm also looking to potentially cheat physical death. And I'm saying like, even if this is a 0.00000 infinity 1% chance, I'll take that chance. Well, anyway, I love wearing my 4TRR <laughs> necklace. <laughs> to those of you who remain <laughs> listening. Holy shit. Uh, and that's that's our business. <laughs> okay. So clues, take it away with the sting. So now... <laughs> Let us please do what we came here to do. And now, Pace Case and Bachelor Clues proudly present analysis of play in this week of our beloved game. This is Game of Roses. Okay, tonight was a crazy night. Obviously, we had these huge villain plays happening, but we started this episode out as we now are going to start out, I think, the remainder of the episodes with the... uh, promo essentially for what you're going to see that night tonight on the bachelor jesse palmer says that the dark lord palmer and we see Susie in a hot tub we see some kissing we see cassidy doing an ll1 we see some who jews we see some more kissing there's an ll2 being presented by someone cassidy is doing some strong chemistry play she seems to be taking a villain turn she does a not here to make friends villain strategy shanae gets a villain edit <laughs> Somebody has a friends with benefits. We don't know who that's going to be. We will find out in the course of the episode, of course. And then Clayton says he wants to take a rose back. And that is how the promo for tonight's episode concludes. And we begin portion one. It is a sunrise followed by a shot of a butterfly. And this butterfly is strutting his stuff. All over a flower. This butterfly was my. <laughs> creature of the week. Now, they used a butterfly to open last week's episode two, night one. And I almost gave that my creature of the week. Luckily, they did it again. I get to use it here again. They use the butterfly to signify new beginnings. Usually, they will do it in the first episode. So here in the second episode, it fits because now all the women are going to come into the house. So it is the morning after night one. And this is essentially a symbol that one of the players might have hatched from their pupa stage and they are now ready to spread their wings and fly in the first brutal rounds of competition. Then we get a drone shot over the hills with swelling orchestral score. We've never seen a drone shot like this in the main game, at least not post-bubble seasons. 
They're really adding the drone to the production toolkit now, which they were experimenting with during the bubble seasons. But here it is now in a post bubble season. We're getting the drone over the mansion and the women are all running into the house from where? Weren't they already in the house? They're running in. And this was one of my favorite things that happened. I was not expecting it. The players, I love Cleveland, Villa Divina, a.k.a. Bachelor Mansion. They run around screaming. They're like, it's so nice. Susie ITMs that it's historic, it's legendary, and she has a chance to find love with someone as amazing as Clayton. But again, they were already there. They just spent night one there. They're making it seem like they've never been in or seen any of this shit. This is a complete fabrication. In my opinion, very strange. Or they had them change into casual clothes from the cocktail party and run in. But the cocktail party's in that mansion. They were already in it. <laughs> they, they spent the entire night in it. Right. <laughs> right, but now their bags are there. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking absurd. At any rate, they do this obligatory I love Cleveland. They yell Clayton off the balcony. Yes, we have that iconic shot every season where they're all screaming. Then we cut to the Westlake Village Inn and Clayton is pondering on this little bridge as he ITM's excitement for finding his future wife and having some kids. And then back in the house, DLP shows up and he introduces himself to the players. I'm Jesse Palmer and I'm the host of The Bachelor. That phrase is extremely assertive, extremely definitive. Tasha, Caitlin, even Jojo Jojo, they were never given that phrase. They were never allowed to say, mm-hmm. I am the host of The Bachelor, which to me is proof positive. This man has signed a contract for some amount of years. He's going to be hosting all the shows. It also was a weird moment because we never saw DLH come in and be like, I'm Chris Harrison. I host the show. He would just come in and you were just supposed to know who he was. Yeah, the dark energy would overtake you and you would know immediately that you were in the presence of a demon. (laughs) Obviously, I'm a demon. (laughs) Jesse has to... (laughs) We get Cassie right off the bat goes, welcome back, showing that she is perhaps a student of this game, knows that Jesse Palmer was a player or was a lead rather. And she asks, are you a happily married man now? And he says, yes, I am a happily married man. I mean, she must be in the pit. Maybe. Yes. To ask this, this question of Dark Lord Palmer. It seems like that. This could also be a producer fed line. She could just be a student of the game. Maybe mm. she's at home watching season one. But I agree with you. This seems very pit like to me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I just never in my wildest dreams did I think we would hear I'm a happily married man once, let alone three times out of two different pals. Yes. Coaxed by a fucking player. I agree with you. Very pit-like. But nonetheless, DLP delivers the first date card and it is a group date. This is what dreams are made of. Because it's Hillary Duff's song. Yeah, I got it. On this date are 10 players. Teddy, NC, Molina, Gabby, Kira, Mira, Sierra, Genevieve, Serene, and Cassidy. So then we cut to this weird drone shot. And they do this weird step frame filter on it. I've never seen them use this. Did you notice this? What's a step frame? It's like they take a smooth, regular shot, and then they cut frames out of it. So it's kind of like a jittery hitch, like, and it's meant to convey like a more frenetic energy. And I think they're trying to use it here to make this look more contemporary. But this graphic technique is like from the 80s. It's like from 80s music videos. 
a fail here. Seems old and out of touch, in my opinion. Nonetheless, this is something mm. that only I would notice, probably. And the editors and the producers who, who wanted to do this. So if they're listening, you made a mistake here. We then see Beverly Hills, a pool, some random shots of Los Angeles. And we are on group date one. This is going to be a child army kids birthday party group date. We see all the players run up to Clayton in the driveway of some other mansion. This is confusing at best here. We've just come from a forced I Love Cleveland about the Bachelor Mansion. Now all these players are forced to do another I Love Cleveland about this other, what he calls a mega mansion. It is nonsensical. They should have showed him in the car on the way there. It, it was confusing. It looks like Genevieve wins the race to be first to Clayton. No hooju, though. Blown opportunity. No hooju. Um, we see Gabby continue her colorful narrator run. She's she's like, I hope this does explain dreams because I do forget a lot of my dreams. That shit was so fucking funny. She's going to be the superstar of this season, I think. I think she's really going to come out of this and be the one who repeats on multiple seasons in a Demi Burnett style, whatever. Mm -hmm. She is naturally hilarious. Yeah. Cassie ITMs, this is definitely my vibe. Drinking wine among the rich and famous. She's getting this sort of Corinne Olympios princessy edit. And then it's not just a drinking wine with rich people date. There are no dates like that. This is The Bachelor. A child army arrives and they uh, start attacking the group. They sprint past the players and Clayton and most of the players here correctly convey that they love children. Some are openly vocalizing, <laughs> I love children out loud. And then we see that Cassidy is already going to be starting down this villain edit road. They're using every frame She's of footage. Scowling. She's scowling. <laughs> They're making every frame that they have a footage to make her look like she hates these kids. And it should also be noted, by the way, these kids are all actors. So don't feel too bad for them. They're being paid for all of their uh, their work here. They knew what they were signing up for to be hated. They literally did. They probably had to sign away their civil <laughs> rights as well. Then Hillary Duff comes out. Hillary Duff has 19.6 million Instagram followers, the most famous person on the screen. And she's the date's celebrity guest. Cassidy plays a very good I Love Cleveland straight to Hillary Duff here, saying that Hillary Duff was her first concert and she had a sign of her in her room. And uh, then follows it up with this ITM saying it's the best day of her life. Thought that was at least a good play here amidst all the villaining that they're doing of her. She follows it up with a more villainous ITM, however, and she says, <laughs> screw the kid. Can't wait to bump shoulders with oh. Hillary Duff next to Clayton. Some of this is not on her face, the screw the kids line specifically, but she, she said screw the kids. Yes. Yeah. She says screw the kids. You never say screw the kids. You never say screw the anyone. You're going on this program, the conceit of which is you are going to fall in love, get married, and have those kids. Saying screw the kids <laughs> is essentially saying I don't give a fuck about the, the sworn intention of this game. This, I mean, there were many errors made all through the night, and Cassidy yes. made many well, <laughs> of them. This would have been one of mine, but there were others to come. Clayton had just introduced Larry Duff and said, acclaimed singer, songwriter, actor, and most importantly, mother of three. That is how she had just been introduced. <laughs> yes. He clearly is. He just wants to procreate immediately. Uh, Hillary Duff tells them, 
I know the madness that can ensue with children. I think Clayton has all of these good qualities and I have jobs for all of you. And so their jobs are going to be that they have to help set up this fake children's party. And we we get another ITM from Cass. I keep calling her Cassie. Cassidy, who says anyone can get in a costume and play with kids. It's about who takes initiative in the relationship and who's pushing forward with gusto. Gonna do whatever I gotta do to get it. I mean, she's she's not wrong here in that that is what the game is. You're trying to build this relationship with this guy. But this guy wants kids. That's a part of building that. That's a part of the pushing forward in the relationship is you have to convey to him that you like these kids. You also have to convey to the other players that you like the kids or they might tattle on you. So she's basically doing an all out, not here to make friends strategy. And on a date like this, especially a date like this, where you're supposed to be conveying that you can get along with these children and that you can help the other players in this group endeavor. This is the exact opposite of what you should be doing. Portion number two begins. We see everyone in pairs putting together their pieces for the party. And Gabby narrates that she's alone building this dollhouse because Cassidy has left her. And instead, she pulls Clayton. He tries to check in on the dollhouse and she drags him away. (laughs) I'll fill you in on the process. She ITMs, fuck a dollhouse, which is a good line, and takes him by the pool. Where she puts on a display of, what would we call this? Bold chemistry, Olympio style group date play. I mean, it is the most aggressive chemistry play we have ever seen on a first group date, I believe. She not only sequesters the bachelor, which is a good move, but essentially attacks him. I mean, that was some of the hardest, (laughs) fastest chemistry play of all time. And it seemingly is working. It does come across a little too competitive, a little too forced, in my opinion. But you know, Clayton is who he is. Maybe that works on him. And it does seem like it is here for a second, at least, you know? Yeah, it does. It does seem like it's working. I would argue that Corinna Olympios doing a voluntary nudity play, taking her bikini top and making Nick Bile grab her bare breasts in front of everyone was a little more aggressive. See, I argue the opposite because that was in front of the other what? players. That was a play to the other players. It wasn't a play to Nick Vial. This is only first audience. Those other players are mm. nowhere around. She has him secluded by the pool. It's like a hardcore makeout section or uh, session. I think the Corinne Olympios thing was more like, hey, everybody, look what I'm doing. Well, Cassidy love level ones and gets these kisses in. Gabby thinks that it's Cassidy's tactic um, to get her far is to be really aggressive. We're not on a one on one. Um, She's acting a fool. And I would say. She is not acting a fool. She's acting a princess villain. Yes, I agree. Melina is acting a fool. The one who <laughs> is wearing a clown nose and three birthday party hats the whole time. That shit. Fuck. I, I don't know how many pictures of my TV screen I took of her wearing those fucking hats. And then by the end when she's dressing yeah. him up as a clown in the tag, she has yeah. four fucking hats. Drags Clayton into her into her fool edit. The child army enter the party and run to the bounce house. I was wondering if we were going to see, you know a revival of that infamous Corinne Olympio Nick Vial bouncy house. We did not. But instead, everyone throws water balloons at Clayton. Melina is teaching a fitness class. And Clayton ITM, she was the life of the party. He gives props to Serene for being able to interact with these child actors very well. And everybody seems to be having a good time <laughs> and 
having fun with the kids. And then we cut to Cassidy. She's sitting with some kids <laughs> and some other players are at the table. And she's saying, I spend as little time around you small people as possible. So forgive me. And the kids are all immediately offended. They start coming at her like, what do you mean? As little time as possible. You try to avoid us. And then she ITMs that she's not here to throw a birthday party for the kids. She'd rather be talking to Hillary Duff. And then indeed, she goes and talks to Hillary Duff, who is clearly a student of the game, because after this conversation, Hillary Duff ITMs that she gets what Cassidy is doing and she's not making any friends and she doesn't seem to care. I don't know if Hillary mm -hmm. Duff is in the pit. I, I, I have no idea. But it seems like she knows enough about the game that she might be. I'm just going to say that. Or the producers told her. We think Cassie's the villain or something. <laughs> yeah. They're like, we've been angling That's for her another... to be the villain since night one. That's totally possible. Lizzie McGuire, if you are listening, I love all of your work, not just the parenting part like Clayton. You know, that's like one of the most common things people say to me when they meet me. I say, my name is Lizzie. And they're like, oh, Lizzie McGuire. Just because you guys have the first same name, you and that character. Yeah. Yeah. Not even the same spelling. Yeah. I used to get when Charlie's Angels 2 was out and Tom Green played a character named Chad. Did you ever see that movie? Mm, yeah. He was with Drew Barrymore in it. I am the Chad. Was it the Chad? Exactly. They're always like, oh, the Chad. That was a thing people said to me a lot around that time. I'm glad that time mm. has passed. Then we move on to Cassidy. <laughs> she comes walking out into the grass and she's holding Maya's birthday cake. Now, this is something the producers have decided to let happen. They obviously had to give her that birthday cake so that she could come out with it. And she drops it on the ground. We're not given any more information about why she might have dropped it or if the producer, you know, is this a bit? Did the producers tell her to do this in order to try and drum up some kind of rivalry? Because we did see a very similar thing happen on BIP season seven when Demi Burnett takes Mari Pepin's birthday cake that she was going to give to Kenny Brash and throws it in a fire. Or no, sorry, Mari Pepin throws the cake in the fire, right? I forget who throws what cake in the fire and all that shit, but... Yeah, Mari threw it. Mari threw it, right, because Demi Burnett stole the idea for the birthday party. So I think the producers here were saying like, eh, we had some birthday cake drama back in BIP 7. Let's see if we can uh, recapture some of that magic. Cassidy, take this cake out there and drop it on the ground. Conspiracy theory town for me. She immediately does frosting play with the kids and then says to Clayton, I thought the pool would be a good place to rinse this off. So she had, my theory is that she was like, I'm going to drop it. I'm going to do frosting play and That'll make me seem for TRR with the kids. Mm. Then I'm going to isolate Clayton again in the pool. Maybe. I Maybe. I don't even think that's conspiratorial. I don't think anything we've said is a conspiracy town yet. I think it's pretty accurate. I think it's just like common mm. sense. But uh, then... Thank you. <laughs> Not comforting coming from you. But Oh, well, my apologies. I try to, try to do my best. Then Cassidy ITMs <laughs> that she might be a, in quotes, front runner. This is straight gameplay speech from a 100% bona fide villain playing a not here to make friends strategy. And this is really like pure old school villain play here. It's not going to work in the modern mm -hmm. game, of course. Like the time for this type of play is far, far gone. But uh, I have to say, I enjoyed it. I was thoroughly entertained by <laughs> dumping the cake saying, Fuck a dollhouse. I don't like hanging around with you small people. Like insulting a child to a child's face. The shit was entertaining to me. That's always funny. It was very entertaining to me too. And there is something about Clayton's season that is reminding me of Popeye. And just the fact that 
Cassidy does get the group date rose. She is able to extract it and pulls Clayton like multiple times to have conversations with him. It does make me think he's kind of like he's going to be pulled around. I'm interested to see how he navigates the rest of the season. He didn't make that choice, though. The producers gave her that rose. Right. Because they're like, she's a villain and we're going to build into some rivalry or whatever thing they're going to build into. And we obviously end on a cliffhanger here, but we're getting a little ahead of ourselves. So portion three begins. It's the night. They go to Big Daddy's Antiques. I have no idea what this place is. Supposedly, it's somewhere here in Los Angeles. Gabby ITMs that most of the women are tired of Cassidy already. That's not a good sign on your first group date. (laughs) All the other players are already tired of you. Clayton opens the group date by saying he appreciated the effort they all put in. And Serene gets an ITM and the first one-on-one time. And she talks about wanting to do something meaningful in her life. And that's why she became a teacher. She loves kids. And she hits this serious tone about helping kids. Clayton says he understands that about helping them grow. And she says that her work with kids has also changed her life too. They've helped her grow. Clayton loves the effort from her. But the one thing uh, that he's been missing, he doesn't want to miss it anymore. And that's his kiss lead in line. And Serene gets a kiss here. Good job, Clayton. She, <laughs> and then she ITMs. <laughs> Uh, that she would like the group date rose for validation. It's a straight gameplay speech here as well. I really love the how like uh, basically all the players are now doing open gameplay speech. And I know it's couched and mm-hmm. they don't think it is and they think they're 4TR. But when you're saying, I'd really like that group date rose for validation, that's 100% gameplay speech. You're saying, I want the trophy of this night to prove that I was the best player. We then see all of the players at this after party discussing the rose. Cassidy tells the other women that she love level one Clayton and that she's feeling confident. And Kira says, one thing I wanted to address, you were not necessarily pulling your weight in decorating and helping with the birthday party. And Cassidy says, I'm not here to decorate a birthday party. I'm here to date Clayton. We're here to have fun. No one's paying us. That was a strange thing to say. That was an interesting line. Yeah, that it's like, okay, it's a valid point, I guess. You're not, this isn't a job, but you also shouldn't look at the kids' birthday party's manual labor. You're supposed to be conveying that this is a fun <laughs> thing that you'd like to do if you had your own children. It's also an interesting point here. There's a line in this first part where she says, I know he's going to give it to me, referring to the group date rose. That is played off face. They took that from an ITM, Mm -hmm. slotted it in here to make it seem like she was saying it directly to the other players in a condescending manner. That did not actually Mm -hmm. happen. So they're really, they're trying to like put all the bells and whistles on this villain edit for her. She's going back and forth with Kira and also Genevieve. Genevieve is like, Clayton wanted to see how we were with kids. And Cassidy's like, he seemed to enjoy our conversation. Like, it's just blowing up her second audience game. And Kira says, you talked to him for 30 minutes. What were you doing the other three hours? And Cassidy says, I'm going to temper this down. I haven't done anything wrong. Yeah, she's trying to take control of the situation. And it's obviously not going to work. And we keep cutting to Gabby Wendy's face play during this, which is hilarious. (laughs) It's just this look on her face that is open contempt and disgust for Cassidy. I, God damn it. It should be a painting. If I could do it, I would. If I had the time. And then (laughs) in an ITM, uh, this portion ends with Cassidy saying the phrase game on bitches. And you don't ever really want to say that. Just FYI. (laughs) It's, again, entertaining and funny, but it's so overtly for TWR that it will be used in the edit and you're going to become a villain. I just, this, this gameplay style is 
fascinating to me in this contemporary age where you're just going 100% as hard as you can to be a villain, it can't last. I think gone are the days of like a Tierra Lacazzi season 17. You know, you're not, and she made it like midway through that. Played too many IFIs that season and eventually got kicked off because Sean Lowe had a reason and had a way. Well, if you're always getting injured, this isn't for you. I'm doing you a favor, sending you home. But I just don't think play style like this is going to work in a contemporary game. And we even see by the end of this, I mean, shit, she did some other crazy villainous stuff too, which we're going to get to, but... I mean, in order to be a villain that lasts a long time, you have to be able to do villain stuff and then pull it back and apologize and like make it, like recover it with your first and second audiences. And I mean... before she even says game on bitches, she says they're coming at me about streamers and cake. I haven't done anything wrong. I'm not apologetic that me and Clayton have chemistry. Narrowing this crowd down is going to take a minute. Acting like she's g- trying to massacre. <laughs> yeah, narrowing the crowd down. That's open gameplay speech, obviously. And it is a game. Obviously, we talk about that. It's a fucking sport. Yeah. But the primary rule of the game is you cannot say it's a game. This is only a process by which you are hopeful that you will find the love of your life, your person, your soulmate, the father of your children, et cetera, et cetera. By saying, I need to narrow down this crowd or game on bitches, you're being too honest about what is going on here. You have to be able to maintain the lie of the game to be able to play the game. And obviously, she's stepping far out of those bounds. I agree with you, though. There is a classic villain play style that you can do. It just involves the the classic openness about it being a game or your competitiveness or whatever only being said in itms you can never reveal that to the second audience or the first audience ever the third audience Mm -hmm. can know about it as long as it's only in the itms because they can you know cut you however they want and maybe they'll frank and bite you and put some itm audio over some footage of you sitting next to players or whatever but if the players don't attack you then it's okay or if it's only one player attacking you at a time from the second audience and you can handle that and you can dismiss them and get rid of them. That's like what Courtney Robertson did. Anytime a rival started to surface, she would annihilate them and she just sailed through. (laughs) But here in a modern game where all the other players know way too much about how the game works, as soon as they sniff out like, uh, you're 4TWR, we could use a successful 4TWR attack against you. They're going to fire that attack and you're going to get railroaded. And I think that's going to happen to Cassidy and Shanae, ultimately. And Shanae. <laughs> in the next two episodes or whatever. Portion number four begins. We're still at the, the after party of the first group date. And we see a different style from Teddy than Cassidy, which is shy style. She's mm. saying, seeing you with the other girls makes me emotional. I didn't expect to be this intense. Does he still like me? Clayton says, that there's a reason I gave you the fem. And Teddy says the same line that Cassidy says, you're so different from guys I've dated, but in a very different way. She says, I'm overthinking. I don't want that to affect something that could be so good. I'm going to need a lot of validation. That validation comes in some chemistry play. They make out. We get a few quick pops of Sierra's one-on-one, Gabby's one-on-one, where Clayton loads a love level one for Gabby. We see Genevieve's one-on-one where they decorate a cake. And we cut back to the mansion where... Susie gets the first one-on-one of the season. Let's take our love to new heights. After what we believe was the actual first flower, Susie's getting the actual first date. Ring her crown, baby. I think she's got crown. 
I'm going to just say I think Susie Evans is the next Bachelorette. I think it's going to come very quickly after Clayton tells her and whoever else, whoever the other player is that he was intimate with both of them. She she is given the crown on a silver fucking platter. I made love to you both and I'm in love with you both. Right. And they're both now not in love with him and they're going to be unassailable. It might be a double bachelorette thing. Maybe they'll fucking roll them both. I have no idea because I have no idea mm. like they're they're going to achieve the same victimhood I or at least the same level of it, you know? I don't know how you select one over the other. Or are they going to get fucked and it'll be Tasha Adams part two? Ooh, that could be. That could be. We'll see. Time will mm-hmm. tell. But back on the group date, Cassidy and Mara are now facing off. They accuse one another of staring at each other. <laughs> and then Cassidy gets up and leaves. <laughs> that was one of the funniest fucking scenes ever. Cassidy just looks at her and goes, hi. And she's like, uh, hi, what are you looking at? She's like, you're staring at me. Well, no, you were staring at me. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> how to lose a second audience in 10 minutes <laughs> by Cassidy Timbrooks. <laughs> Fuck, for real. Oh, God. Cassidy gets another one-on-one time and tells Clayton, I'm having so much fun. I pulled you first. We had the first kiss. The little bullshit doesn't matter. I didn't come here to make Gabby happy. So she's like preemptively defending a Gabby tattle, but she's picked the wrong one. But she also says we had the first kiss. Oh, yeah. Also that. Is she saying that she had the first kiss of the season on night one when she fell out of that little car? That is how I took it. That's how I took it. Because the way they cut the show, Teddy Wright got the first kiss in the edit, in the document. So here... If that is how we're taking it, the producers have left this line in there. I'm taking it as she's in the pit. Okay. And so I'm taking that as they aired the kisses out of order. That's how I'm taking it. I'm as well. Cause Well, I mean, she's not referring to the first kiss of this group date, though, right? Or would would it be? Did anybody else kiss him on this group date? It, it could have been that. You would never brag about the first kiss of a group date. Right. That's true. You'd only brag about first kiss of the season, I think. All right. I'm with you. Full agree. That's my mini conspiracy town and we see Clayton go back to the group I had so much fun Serene I loved how intentional you were with all our interactions today Cassidy you are showing me you're here for me and also opening up tonight meant a whole lot to me Cassidy gets the group date Rose opening up tonight do you think there was like an unaired PTC yes I do or something my note is right after that Cassidy gets a compliment about being there for him and opening up to him. And then I have in parentheses, which we didn't see. I have no idea what the mm-hmm. opening up was, but here Cassidy does get that group date rose and the other women sit in stunned silence. And then kisses him on the shoulder. Yeah, a little shoulder peck. <laughs> I, again, maintain that the producers did this specifically to make all the other players uh-huh. pissed off and to start to really ramp up her villainy. And then Clayton concludes the group date. He walks away. The other women leave the table and Mara then tears in an ITM about all the drama. And Genevieve goes to STCO her in the shadows. And then we see Cassidy gloating in her group date rose win. She says, I mean, this was the first non-rose ceremony. I mean. It smells like victory, she says. Well, the producer asked, how does it smell? She says, like, victory. Which I was like, I swear to God, we saw that same thing on Courtney Robertson's season. I think so, too. That seemed very familiar to me. I think they asked them how the rose smells. I think they're very good at getting that as an option. Right. They're like, how's the rose smell? And anything you say is going to sound 
braggy. That ends this portion, and we're really seeing an A-type hyper-competitive player essentially drunk with power here, <laughs> having been given the group date rose after just going head-to-head with the second audience. And at this point, I think Cassidy probably thinks, I've dominated this. I have everything under control. Mm-hmm. And then portion five begins the next morning. We see Cassidy talking to Shanae about getting the group date rose, solidifying, uh, having nothing to worry about. And uh, Cassidy says, I'll be your sensei. And so now we get a villain training another villain. This is insane yeah. to me. I don't think we've ever seen this, right? No. This was my favorite thing to come from this episode was that it was like a dynamic duo of villains. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, one of these villains seems to have taken it a little bit too far. Spoiler alert, it's Shanae. <laughs> I don't think Cassidy's the one I would go to for advice, but she does it. And Shanae is telling her that she has turtled, but Cassidy's like, don't worry, I'll be your sensei. And then, oh, Cassidy asks who got the one-on-one, and Shanae says, who do you think? And she's like, Susie. (laughs) And then Cassidy says, people like that don't tend to last, which is terrible summing up of her competitive competitors. It's open gameplay speech. Yes. But it's also wrong. It's also bad game instinct. People like Susie not only last, they become the bachelorette. They win. Yeah. They dominate the entire game. I did think that was a that was a funny moment though. Like who do you think? Of course. <laughs> like they've all already talked about it. So yeah. then we go to the one-on-one. This is going to be a get to the chopper yacht hot tub private concert one-on-one date. Clayton is driving Susie down a highway. They discuss being nervous together, and then he drives her up to the top of a hill, and they see our chopper. This is the Bachelor of Old, and sitting in front of that helicopter is a pilot, and this pilot was my... Jorge, 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 Jorge Moreno bystander of the week this pilot has no lines you barely see this pilot at all but this pilot performs an invaluable function of our beloved game this is the return This helicopter ride is our ascension as an audience back to the heights of the heavens for which we have come to love our beloved game. And the honor bestowed upon this pilot is indescribable in my opinion. And the pilot delivers them safely to the ground after this stunning ride through the mountains of Los Angeles. So congratulations to that pilot. You did it. We're back in the Bachelor of Yore. On the wings of love. (laughs) (laughs) on the helicopter propeller blades of love. This to me was the first like, other than the mansion, this is the first kind of date type that we saw that it's like, fuck, they're really blowing it out. And this was the first component of that was the helicopter ride. Oh, you know when they land that chopper on a boat that they mean business. Oh my God, that fucking yacht. But also it's important to notice that during this helicopter ride, they cue up this kind of Disney style fairy tale music, which makes me believe she's the next bachelorette. They're they're giving her like a royal kind of edit. And she has done Disney princess stuff. Oh, she she played a character. Susie played a Disney princess when she was in Japan. They do fly by the mansion and we get the players refusing to wave. Someone says, I'm so jealous. Someone says, my green is coming out. And Rachel, the pilot, ITMs. It's a pretty low approach over us. She's using that 
pilot verbiage. It should have been me. And Clayton and Susie do a little future casting of a future date they could do. You should come to the mansion and cook dinner. Clayton's like, to me, that's intimate. You have to do a little dancing. And they talk about dancing. Clayton says, I've got some moves. I have a little wiggle. I know what's in my wheelhouse. Yeah, we saw his wiggle. He don't got no wiggle. But I li- I would have liked if he was like, well, I could come to the mansion. We could definitely cook on a dinner. But what would we cook? Because if we cook pizza, that's intimate to me. That's the most intimate food that you can cook together is a nice saw. <laughs> I mean, look, we just haven't gotten to know that much about this man. All we know is that he likes pizza. So we're just working with what we have. And he doesn't like sweets. We know that. Clayton ITMs, he's feeling Susie. Susie tells him she was voted class clown and Clayton likes her humble nature. They land the chopper on a boat and then they pop champagne on the boat. They get in a hot tub. I mean, they're really doing it all up bachelor style. This is this date had four components that are like all of it is just like this is the the real bachelor here. We got a chopper. We got a yacht. We got a hot tub with champagne. And ultimately, we get this private concert in the end. But he compliments her adventurous side and he LL wants her. She says me too. Does that count as an LL one? If you just say me too, if they say I like you and then they're like me too. Yes. Really? You can just say me too. What if somebody said I'm in love with you and they go me too? Is that an LL four? Well, no. I feel like you got to say the words. I don't think a, a me too is a mirroring. It's a it's not as good. I don't count it. I don't think she gets it here. That's for my uh, my records only, maybe. We'll take it out of the grid. <laughs> Portion six. We're halfway through. <laughs> we're at the dinner. And they discuss their parental marriage longevity some. And then Susie gets into it. She says, a lot of things in my family dynamic have changed. Last year, my dad got really sick. All of his organs went into organ failure. And then later when he got to hold my brother's son, he was fortunate that he got to hold his grandson. And he says that's a part of why he fought to get through it. He knew his grandson was waiting for it. And he spent a significant amount of time recovering in the ICU. My mom slept in a little chair by his bed, which was very powerful. I want that for myself. I'm just really grateful for them. Produces tears. This PTC by Susie was my play, 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 play of the game. This had it all. It tied the parental longevity into this tragic story of what she's been through and then connects that to her parents' relationship and how that's the model relationship that she wants for her life. She produces tears. This is textbook, in my opinion. It was also my... Play, 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 play of the game. Couldn't agree with you more. Absolutely perfectly done. Now, granted, in tonight's big game, there weren't a lot of other contenders for play of the game. There were a lot of contenders for error of the yeah. game. So she did everything correctly here. She didn't have much competition to walk away with this play of the game, but it was perfectly done. 
it's right when you want to play it. And there may even be some, there's kind of a hint maybe of something else that she could mine out of this PTC later, how it might've personally affected her. Maybe it, you know, forced her to miss some kind of job or something like that. I feel like we haven't heard Mm. the last of this PTC, but she used it here in the right time. I'm sure we haven't. And we then see Clayton saying that he's drawn to her ability to see the good through the bad. He still struggles with that. And he's looking for somebody and a life partner who can be his guide through those moments. She says she's proud of who she is, still has some more to grow. And then Clayton takes Susie from the table. They have eaten nothing. It doesn't even look like they've taken a sip here. And they go to a private concert by Amanda Jordan. She's singing her song, I Choose You. She has 10.9 thousand Instagram followers. They slow dance and kiss. Uh, He walks over and gets the rose, which is on this weird little pedestal. We usually see that rose presented on the table where they're sitting at dinner. Here, it's just off to the side in the darkness of this weird private concert, but he gets it. He gives it to her. He basically has a rose ceremony in the middle of the private concert. I was so confused. It was very strange, very poorly done. They obviously, to get that audio clean, they have to stop the musical performance. Yeah. (laughs) And then they relay the audio of the musical performance over it. So, and then they had them dancing around and kissing while they're still doing the performance. So I would guess they probably sang that song two or three times in actuality, cut it in the middle, had them do this thing, et cetera, et cetera. It was just a mess top to bottom. Nonetheless, Susie does get that one-on-one rose First one-on-one rose of the season. She ITMs a love level one or loads a love level one in it. Sorry that she definitely likes this guy. And then she loads a love level two saying that she sees so much potential. She could see herself falling in love. Back at the house, Cassidy and Shanae are talking and Cassidy tells her that uh, early connections are what last. She tells her to be a competitor and that you have to be, to have a shot, you have to be like, let's go. She's just saying this on camera. This open gameplay speech This couldn't be more villainous that she's now conscripting another player into her villainy and being like, be a villain like me. No, she's like, my villainy will not only just be on my group date, it'll be on the second group date too. (laughs) Yeah, and they're kind of strategizing about how Shanae can potentially win the group date rose here. We hear a knock at the door. The date card arrives. This is going to be the date card for the second group date. Uh, The tag is, I don't want anything to stand in the way of our love. On this group date are eight players, Marlena, Elizabeth, Kate, Sarah, Lindsay, Rachel, Tessa, and... Shanae. Who were the players who didn't get a group date? Eliza. Jill and Eliza were the only ones who didn't get the group date. And Jill, ITM's tears. She says, I left here. I left my friends, my family. I left my cats. <laughs> and she's pissed that she's not going to get any time. She's worried about turtling here. And traveled with the ashes of her ex-lover across the country. Oh, fuck. She was the ashes. That's right. And then... uh Shanae ITMs that Shanae has arrived and she's staying here. And so we get this alter ego now coming out. Shanae from Shanae. Clues. Mm-hmm. I've been on a mission. I'm trying to find Ooh. the perfect t-shirt. Yeah. Um, because it's spring. I'm ready to get out there. I'm ready to peacock. Luckily, the perfect t-shirt does exist. And you can find it at Skims. From cropped silhouettes to long sleeve layering tees, there's a style for everyone. You guys know how excited I was that Skims became one of our sponsors for this podcast. They have great basics and foundations. I got the boyfriend t-shirt in onyx. That's kind of a dark black color. And the cotton jersey long sleeve t-shirt in kyanite, which is kind of like a blue green. And they're both so comfortable. It's basically like you are wearing nothing. 
Great for free spirit types. Well, for all the free spirits out there right now, you can shop the Skims t-shirt shop at skims.com. Now available in sizes XXS through 4X. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcasts in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Again, that's Skims. Game of Roses is sponsored by BetterHelp. Clues, uh, we all carry around different stressors, big and small. And if you keep them all bottled up, it can affect you negatively. Therapy is a great place to get things off your chest and figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. You might be taking care of your physical body, but are you taking care of that beautiful mind, Clues? Yes. I have benefited from therapy greatly in the past. Uh, it has helped me get through stressful experiences, manage boundaries, learn coping skills. You know, the the whole premise of life is is kind of a, a it's a lot to undertake, and therapy can help with that. Well, if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do to get started is fill out a brief questionnaire. Then you get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists literally at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Game of Roses today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Game of Roses. Clues, it is springtime. It is the off season. It is gore girl summer. The weather's getting warmer. Thank true. Dark Lord Palmer. And it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and cowls and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul, get those staple pieces, and I found quince. Now I have a lineup of timeless pieces keeping me looking effortlessly chic year after year. I got the cotton modal scoop neck tee. It is so cute. It is literally the first thing I reach for in my dresser when all my clothes are washed. You know those special items. If you are not like Clues, who only wears one outfit. I'm Quince head to toe at this point. I'm a Quince boy. <gasps> I'm a source boy, Quince boy. Let's you got no go. idea. I'm wearing Quince t-shirts, Quince pants, Quince long sleeve t-shirts, Quince pants, Quince sweaters, Quince pants. I'm quinced. <laughs> Just call me quinced. King Quinces, Okay. they call me. I love Quince. Okay, Quince. Uh, get warm weather ready with Quince. Be a Quince king yourself or Quince queen. Go to quince.com slash roses for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I- N-C-E dot com slash roses to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash roses. Hey. Portion seven. We see the players on the group date scream for their race to Clayton. And a deer looks up. He was busy eating and now he's looking up and they're Strutting their stuff, waiting for that hoodoo to come, and this deer was mine. <laughs> Creature of the week. <laughs> Shanene wins the race 
and issues a hooju. This is the first hooju of the season. We don't get good footage of it, but it looks like to me it was probably a high six, low seven. We're talking 6.7 to 7.2 in that range. Decent approach, big smile, lots of enthusiasm. The mount is a little off. Her leap is a little more vertical than it is horizontal. So she doesn't get a high mount. She doesn't have that momentum to really jump onto him. And then we have no idea if there's ankle lock or hand lock at all. We're not given any dismount footage. So there's not really any way to gauge this Huju properly. But the fact that we're now seeing Hujus on group dates in the first week of the show, I think this is the legacy of Katie Thurston. If you'll remember, she took every opportunity mm. to produce Hujus when she was a player in season 25, including group dates, including two on her one-on-one date, but one in the day portion, one in the night portion. I think we're going to start seeing things like this basically every time there's an opportunity. Well, we're now seeing the race has become a huge thing. Yes, absolutely. And I feel like Matt James's season was really the first one that I can remember where that really started. And you could tell they were all sprinting. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Shadene says that Cassidy's advice is in her head. I'm knocking all you other bitches over. I mean, just to be for TRR, just don't use the word bitch at all. I would say that. I agree. Would be my recommendation. And Clayton tells the players that he's enlisted a little help to find out who is here for TRR. And we meet Ziwe, the comedian who says, You're late. Take a seat. Ziwe never breaks character, and is totally underutilized. She doesn't ask anyone to name three black people, but she was my... Jorge, 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 Jorge Moreno, bystander of the week. She has 262,000 Instagram followers for those who may be keeping score at home. And then Ziwe tells them that they're going to have to sit in these desks and they're going to be focusing on red flags. And they start with a game of never have I ever. And so she asked them a few things. Never have they ever sent a nude photo. Most people have, including Clayton. Never have I ever faked an orgasm. All the women have. Clayton has not and makes a joke about not even being able to. Uh, cheated. Some have, some have not. I thought they would spend more time on that. But no, apparently not. This is very similar to a lie detector test as well that they will give sometimes on these group dates. And then uh, we get Elizabeth is sitting next to Clayton and they're flirting. And Shanae has said she wished she was sitting next to Clayton. And Z-Way is giving her approval of this flirting. And then we get our final uh, never have I ever felt judged by another woman. And this is where Shanae says she has been judged by another woman. She explains that she was timid and shy. But now her personality is coming out and she is then asked to do the nene, which she does her attempts to. She stands up and does this dance. Everybody's watching. Seemingly people are enjoying it, although it's very awkward and strange. And then uh, we have one more challenge. And this is the obstacle course, the red flag obstacle course. They are all forced to wear white, of course, as they have to run through this obstacle course filled with red slop and slime. And Z-Way tells them that it is a play for time. We don't know exactly what that extra time is going to look like. There's no formal guideline given here. It's not like you get to go to an extra cocktail party with him or have an extra event. It's just you get a little more time with him. And so mm-hmm. Marlena then ITMs that they're messing with an Olympian and shows off her guns. I did like that moment very much. Mm-hmm. And we see what this 
obstacle course is. First, they have to do a belly flop on a slip and slide. Then they have to chug milk inexplicably, which is basically in all obstacle courses at this point. Whether you're milking the milk straight from a goat's teat or drinking it out of a glass jug, you're going to be drinking milk on one of these obstacle courses. <laughs> then they have to jump on these foam things in some red sludge. They're all falling. That was breadcrumbing. Oh, right. These things were all in accordance with whatever the bullshit was she was talking about earlier. Red flags. The red flags, right. And then Shanae shoves Elizabeth into the slop. Some people are told to go to this friend zone. I, this seems arbitrary to me. We don't know why they're told to go there or how any of this works. As always, these obstacle courses are shot like pure mm -hmm. shit and they're never explained in any way to us. And we see then some arbitrary players get to go smash through these emotional walls. Sarah wins. She gives a half hooju-ish when she runs up to Clayton. It's it's very bad. It's an homage to the first hooju ever. Mary Delgado, one leg. No, this was an afterthought. This was a shitty afterthought. It's a hooju. It is a hooju. Absolutely. Just a fucking terrible one. But she does get a kiss. Well, she gets the group date win as well. And they also kiss and they <laughs> shoot they show this shot where we don't see any context, but it looks like Shanae is giving a death stare to Clayton and Sarah as they make out. Portion eight begins. It is the after party of the second group date. We're back at Big Daddy's again. <laughs> Elizabeth lightly brings up Shanae clawing her and Shanae ITMs that she wants to be the first responder, but Elizabeth is the first responder, steals Clayton right after his toast to get that first one-on-one -on -one time. And she has prepared that they're going to keep playing Never Have I Ever. She brings up that she can freestyle rap but doesn't show us. I'm like, oh. you don't bring up your special talent unless you're going to share it with us. Yeah, this was a, a big misstep in my opinion. You can't be like, oh, well, I'm, I'm a great freestyle rapper. I'm not going to show you right now. What? Terrible. Clayton loves confidence. You keep saying that. It was a good kiss lead-in, though. She does never have I ever kissed The Bachelor. Clayton, we can change that. And Shanae ITMs, this sucks. I can hear her fake laughing right now. I'm shitting my pants because I have to have time with this guy. When he sees what I'm about, he's going to love it. <laughs> Very similar villain styles of Shanae and Cassidy. I agree. Someone STCOs Shanae we see one-on-one -on -one time with Sarah. Clayton says he could tell she wasn't putting up a front, that Sarah says their relationship feels so normal. They kiss. We see one-on-one -on -one time with Marlena. Clayton says, you look like you were Olympian speed. And she says, I am an Olympian. We need to race. And then we don't see this race. Why won't they show us the race? We're getting so many things that are like, here's how good the show could be, but we're not going to do that. We're going to give you the shitty version. Imagine them racing. Imagine Clayton freestyle rapping with Elizabeth. Nah, you're never going to see it. Fuck you. Release the rapping and race tapes. Then we get Clayton saying in an ITM that he doesn't see any major red flags. We know what that means. We're cutting right to a red flag. And the next one on one time is Shanae. She tells him that she cried a little <laughs> because she sat and frustrated and mad because there are red flags in the house. Everybody's talking about these red flags on the trying to keep the theme of this fucking group date alive. And mm -hmm. you know, that's the producer just ramming it down their throat in the ITMs being like, you have to see red flags as many times as possible. So she says there's one particular person, Elizabeth. This is a straight tattle play. And she accuses Elizabeth of being two faced and being 40 WR. 
And Clayton says, I appreciate you telling me that. Clayton then pulls Elizabeth for a one-on-one conversation. And the women all wonder what's happening. And they're asking everybody, like, did someone say anything to him? And Shanae is just like, not me. Fucking totally lying, feigning ignorance. But then ITMs that this is a competition and she wants to win. Straight villain gameplay speech. I mean, we've got two fucking straight, not here to make friends villains in the same show. Have we ever seen this? No. God damn. They usually focus on one. Yeah. Portion nine begins. We see Elizabeth's one-on-one time. Clint says that there's some tension between you and Shanae. The words two-faced are brought up. I want to get your side. Elizabeth says, I never mistreated her. She actually pushed me today, but I wasn't going to bring it up. (laughs) Elizabeth then pulls Shanae and they sort of have this fight Shanene is like, you were ignoring me, not looking at me when I was talking. And Elizabeth says, it's hard for me to have multiple inputs because I've had ADHD since I was a kid. And Shanae should recognize this is, you don't, <laughs> once that comes out of a conversation, you go, I'm so sorry. Yes. Huge misunderstanding. Let's bury the hatchet. That does not happen. Well, you think it happens. Elizabeth says this doesn't need to go further. And they hug it out. Elizabeth forces Shanae to hug her which I thought that was actually a good play. You're giving a visual Mm -hmm. representation of this rivalry being squashed. And I, too, thought that's where it was going to end. Clayton comes back to the group. He picks up the GDR, and Shanae gets a compliment about feeling like she can open up to him, and then Sarah gets a compliment about being for TRR, and Sarah gets that group date rose. So she won not only the group date, but got the GDR. Then Elizabeth and Shanae still start bickering after Clayton leaves, and this becomes really a battle for second audience support. They're both kind of trying to sway the other players there to their side, but all the other players are staying out of it. No one comes to either of their defenses as Shanae walks off into the night. And Shanae is bringing up the ADHD with the group and then accusing her fake, fake, fake ADHD my ass 100%. Oh, boy. I, I thought for a minute during this episode when they those two were having their little talk at the mansion. I was like, we're going to have a dynamic duo villains. I love that. And then it, it has to get to this point that's just toxic. And Yes, always. That's always where it goes. I hate it. I hate it. <laughs> this is our beloved game. Portion 10 begins in the afternoon. We see the mansion. We see the sky and some flowers. And then we do a time lapse into the night and it begins to rain. This is the cocktail party. Cassidy tells Shanae that it doesn't benefit you at all to have any kind of beef. Just squash it, she says. This is absolutely correct. Unfortunately, Cassidy is not following her own advice through any of this part of the game. But she's right to tell Shanae this here. And Clayton pulls up in his car, ITMing that he doesn't want the drama of the day to take away from those that are deserving of the time. No one wants drama. And we know that that means there's going to be some of that drama. So he walks in, he cheers us to building better connections. And Eliza Isachi gets the first one-on-one time. She ITMs having a game plan. We have terrible audio because it's raining outside and the producers have set them right what sounds like under a fucking tin roof as the rain is just bouncing off it. We, we are still getting this bad production from the bubble seasons coming through here a little bit. But she's done a good 
mini date play here. She brought with her a scrapbook mm-hmm. that they're going to do together and they draw some little drawings in it and they put some heart stickers in the book and this leads to a kiss and she kind of links that back to scrapbooking is a fun thing for her to do with her family. That's exactly what you want to do if you have a bye week and you don't have a date that week. You use your, you plan something out for your one-on-one time at the cocktail party. You do not mention how you haven't gotten a date and how you're upset. You just go full enthusiasm, including being like, how she does a how you doing to Clayton. How you doing? How's he doing? How's she doing? She didn't even get a date. Exactly. She played this about as perfectly as you can play a non-date week. We then see one-on-one time with Jill, who says that she, <laughs> says in a roundabout way that she is interested in Clayton, but it's hard for her. And Clayton says, you've got to be a confident woman. I think he thinks all these women are confident. And we see a one-on-one time with Hunter. Hunter, love level ones. Says, I felt a spark. We see one-on-one time with Gabby. She has a new pillow. And she says that she was kissing it. And it's Clayton's face even bigger. And then Clayton says, kiss that and not me. And then they kiss in real life. Good kiss, lead in line, Clayton. Good job, Clayton. This is how you know... Gabby is going to get whatever she wants out of this game because the producers are fucking building her props for every episode. They had to make that pillow Mm -hmm. or have it made or whatever. You know what I mean? They're helping her build that colorful narrator game. They had to get that demon to birth that horrifying pillow. (laughs) I'm just saying like for her limo exit, they made that pillow for her with the little picture of his face. And then somebody had the idea to make the Mm -hmm. second pillow with a bigger picture of his face. I don't know if that was her idea, a producer's idea, but whatever the case, the show made that for her. They gave her that prop. Shanae then follows Cassidy's advice and pulls Elizabeth. She's theoretically attempting to squash the beef, although she's accusing Elizabeth of lying about ADHD in her ITMs. And she says to her face, is it your ADHD or is it me you have a problem with? I have ADHD and I think you're using it as an excuse. Elizabeth says, I'll talk to you if you want to apologize, but I'm not going to engage and just leaves and says, tells everyone else who's confronted by Shanae. Meanwhile, we see that is cut with Shanae's ITM saying she has ADHD and laughing. Oof. The, I I would hate to be in her DMs tonight. (laughs) Oh, Yes. Absolutely. She's already turned off comments on her last few posts, I checked. And that is why Shanae's attacking the validity of Elizabeth's admission that she has ADHD was my error, 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 error of the game. We saw a lot of errors tonight from both of our villain players, (laughs) but this one I thought was the worst. Because not only is it going to sink you in this rivalry, you don't have a leg to stand on. It's bad for your game. It's also bad for your parasocial game, as we are talking about right now. When you make an attack of this kind against someone's mental health, against someone's PTC, when you're basically saying whatever traumatic thing you're telling me, I don't believe you, there's no benefit in it ever. Even if you're right, it's better to feign ignorance or mm-hmm. to feign that you believe them and then you become the victim. Oh, I was lied to. Don't ever be a player that is saying you're lying to me about something. It, it will never benefit you, especially in a situation like this where the thing that you're accusing them of lying about is so personal, is something that they don't have control over, is a medical thing. You know, It's just, it was a bad, bad play. 
And this two-on-one mm -hmm. time between them starts with full music. They lay full edit music over it. So we already know like how the producers mm. are going to spin this as well. But this was just a, a terrible idea, in my opinion. I, I mean, that probably should have been my error of the game. I have one more that we haven't gotten to yet. There were a lot to choose from in this episode. But again, you, there's, there's topics you never touch. And this is definitely one of them. And she even loses her dynamic duo partner, Cassie, who I see happens as much as she's been my friend. She was acting like such a jerk. <laughs> yeah. Even Cassidy was like, oh, <laughs> shit. I got to fucking cut this rope. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and by the way, Elizabeth, tell Shanae, you shared info with the group that wasn't yours to share. That felt really violating. Portion 11, we see Cassidy's one-on-one -on -one time with Clayton, where she plays this full-on bold... I came into this thinking you would like me. Uh, you strike me as the kind of guy who appreciates a confident woman. I'm here as long as you want me. I'm crushing on you big time. Love level one. Clayton says, it's bold. That's what separates you. And Cassie says, tell me you like me again. I do like you. Drawing it out of him. She seems to be getting away with it. And Clayton ITMs that he really likes her. She's bold and assertive. She has the rose in pocket, but didn't stop her from coming to see me. Cassidy then tells the other women that it's going well, but Sierra ITMs Clayton needs to know she's a little snake. Earlier today, Cassidy told me she has a fuck buddy back home. And we see this, I guess, flashback video. Or we've seen some things like this in the past, maybe once or twice, but it's rare, this kind of shit, where they do like a flashback piece of footage. I can't even remember what it was either. But I remember something like this happening in an early, early season. It might have even been in Jesse Palmer's season with the spy, where she would tell him things that they said mm. and they would flash back to it. I don't remember exactly, but this is rare for sure to see this flashback footage where the show is now using footage to basically corroborate a story that a player is telling. So that if, mm -hmm. you know, because as the fourth audience, we're sitting at home, we're watching Sierra say this stuff but we don't know. But now the show is like, no, it did happen. Look, here it is. And it's a way to bolster the villain edit. Yeah. So we see basically Cassidy is talking to Sierra while I don't know what's going on. We see a, produ a masked producer there. I don't know what this actual event is. Are they being tested for COVID? Are they just having drinks? Is that a bartender? I don't know, but there's somebody in a mask standing there. Mm -hmm. It looks like production. And we see Cassidy... This isn't played on face, but it does seem real to me nonetheless because we just see the back of Cassidy's head. But she's telling Sierra about a fuck buddy she had before the show that she FaceTimed this person before coming on The Bachelor and they were making plans to watch the show together after she comes off the season. And this telling the second audience about your friends with benefits back home who you might have plans to meet up with after the show stops filming was my error, 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 error of the game. Like you were saying earlier, if you're going to villain, it needs to be in your ITMs. It cannot be to other players, especially when they've just moved into the house. How close can Sierra and Cassidy really be? And yes, a lot, a lot of this edit is Frankenbitten I saw throughout this episode. But still, 
she said it. Sierra is corroborating that she said it by tattling to Clayton. And she does that with her one-on-one time. That's all we see her do. She love level one, Sam, I really care about you. And then Cassidy is not the person you think she is. She has a friends with benefits, FaceTimed him right before she met you. And he said he wants to do nasty things with her when she gets back. She's not here for you to have love with. And Clayton says, wow, okay. (laughs) I'm going to step aside and give it some thought. And Clayton ITMs that he's here to find love. She's one of three people who has a rose already. And she knows that he's told her he's looking for something serious. Sierra then pulls Cassidy, tells her that she tattled. And this scene is very short. I feel like we did not see this entire conversation at all. Not even close. But I also want to take a moment. Yes, this was definitely an error, what she did. 100%. When you come into the game, one of the lies you have to tell is that you basically are only here for that bachelor and that you think it's going to work and that there are no other guys in your life and never have been and blah, blah, blah. You have to convey that lie. So to tell openly another player the truth of the matter, you can't do it. I would hazard a guess, most people on the show, except for Teddy, have had sex with other people before they come on the show. And I would even hazard a guess Mm -hmm. that many of them probably have within a few months of coming on the show. It's that's it's 2022. I would say I would say 90 percent bang someone the night before. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) They're young and hot and charismatic. It's like you don't know. In some cases, you don't know if you're going to actually get into the player pool until the week or two before the show. So are you really supposed to put your whole fucking life on hold for six months while you're going through that process and trying to figure out if you're going to be on it? Of course not. And even the fucking premise of the show itself is that Clayton is dating 30 people simultaneously. And we know at the end of the show that he has sex with two of them in a span of 48 hours. That has to be okay, but the opposite can't be okay. After he's met their families. After he's met their families and told them that he's fucking in love with them. This, to me, this is like one of the hardest pills to swallow about the conceit, the lie Mm -hmm. of the game, is that the players are all expected to basically be chased for some amount of time prior to coming into the show. Yeah, unwritten rules of how long that can be. Right, or the idea of like, so she's got a fucking friend with benefits. And... That still could be emotionally available for Clayton or that once she gets on the show, she's like, okay, well, I have to put that aside now and move on to this more serious Mm -hmm. thing. This is what I'm really going after. But like, what is the fucking problem with that? And the fact that that is always an undeniable bulletproof 4TWR accusation is fucking crazy to me still in this game. Mm -hmm. It's a double standard. Yes. And (laughs) we had someone he tried to give a rose to after she had said today was supposed to be my wedding day. Yeah, right. He'd rather have somebody who was going to get married that day than somebody who had sex before he met him. Like, it's it's insane. But again, yeah. all that said, you can't say this shit on the show. You can't give them that footage because, of course, they use it to make you a villain. And that is what we saw here. Oh, God. Uh, we then see Clayton and Dark Lord Palmer. And Clayton says his infamous line, has anyone ever taken a rose back before? Chiron to be continued in two weeks. What? I think it's a sports thing. Yeah, it's the college football national championship, which Jesse Palmer has done promos for 
as like the host of The Bachelor. Did you see those promos? No. Where he's basically talking to the college football national championship trophy as though it's The Bachelor. And the mascots for the two teams that are going to play are the finalists. Did you see what he posted tonight? Check out his Insta story. My worlds collide, that one? Yeah. He's watching The Bachelor and a football game on two screens at the same time. So I guess it's not that. Maybe the college football game was tonight. I don't know. I don't know anything about the schedules of other sports, just Bachelor. But yeah, we then they they tell us in the promo in two weeks. So we will not have a game next week and we will have a game in the next two weeks. And we see that Cassidy is basically going to be the villain of the episode. Seems like it's exactly, it's going to be the conclusion of what we were building up to tonight. We get a black box on somebody on a beach date. We get some kisses, some tears. The rivalry between Elizabeth and Shanae is going to continue. Clayton is struggling. And then uh, we get this fucking tag where they dress Clayton up as a literal fucking clown and he doesn't want to be doing it, but he's just like, fine. He's The whole time he's like, yeah, I don't really want to do this. Okay, this has to be enough. He's trying to get out of it at every turn, but they're just like, no, put on this fucking clown nose. Put on this fucking outfit. You're a clown now. Dance for us, clown. And he has to. No choice. This is why they chose him. This is why he's the bachelor. Am I, am I a joke to you guys? <laughs> He, the kid says, tell a joke. He says, I'm not good with jokes on the fly. And then Melina forces him into her own fool edit by making him do a clown dance. God, fucking Clayton. Praise be our beloved game. But that was it. That's our first game of the regular week. This is a villain extravaganza. We had villains wall to wall here. We had some good play from Susie on her one-on-one date. We had some good play on the group date from some players. Sarah obviously played that group date well. Who was your MVP? For her, for TRR reaction to getting the one-on-one date card for her for TR hopping up and down at the get to the chopper portion of her date for seeming fully excited the whole time for future casting that she and Clayton are going to cook dinner together for her PTC played the game. Susie was my M M M M V P. Susie was also my M M M M M V P. I have a feeling she won't be my MVP for the first time tonight. No, I think she's going to run the table. I mean, that she'll be my MVP again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're saying. I think she's going to dominate this entire season. I think she will be the next Bachelorette. And tonight was just... It was like a very good game. It's exactly what you were going to expect from her. She did everything textbook, but she did throw that little Mm -hmm. spin on it that lets you see what she could be as a bachelorette. She's very Hannah Brown, in my opinion. And I think that's something they're going to, they're going to want to put a crown on that as quickly as possible. So congratulations to Susie Evans. Yeah. Why not recreate your most successful bachelorette? Exactly. And, uh, we look forward to that season. I'm curious about that season, but Nonetheless, that was our first game of the regular season, and we thank you guys all for joining us for our recap. We will be back on Friday with This Week in Bachelor Nation, where we're going to break down 
all of the ratings for what is now the second episode of the season. Hopefully they might've ticked up a little bit. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> and we're going to break down all the plays that all these players are making parasocially. We're going to have our screams from the pit and everything else that we do on this week in bachelor nation. We hope you'll join us. And again, remember how to win the bachelor comes out on January 25th, or in some cases it came out on January 9th or 10th for people who already have it. <laughs> If you pre-ordered it right now, you might get it tomorrow. I have no idea. Happy second Christmas to those who have already celebrated. It's so crazy how like just nothing makes any sense in book publishing. It's like, oh, whatever. Some people get it. But if you want to go to How to Win the Bachelor and pre-order it right now, you can still enter any of those contests that are going to be closing on the 24th to get autographed books, special merch, Zooms with me and Pace Case, and a whole bunch of other stuff. And of course, please also remember, we have a line of jewelry out with Vera Meat right now, who is a fantastic jewelry maker. She's doing incredible stuff. Check her out at Vera Meat, V-E-R-A-M-E-A-T. That's her Instagram handle. And you can find all of our stuff on her website. You can also find links to all of it in all of our social media. We hope you enjoy that. And before we go, as always, what is that Dwab at? It has been 7,232 days without an Asian bachelor. Praise be our beloved game. Please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us. And then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us. And then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us and then. If you are a wine lover like myself and you got to have it for your bachelor viewing parties, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. I found the personalized, the most personalized wine club that has amazing wines and exclusive perks called First Leaf. As a First Leaf member, you get to try new wines, and I'm guaranteed to enjoy them because they got to know my unique preferences. I answered a few questions on their website, this quiz about the flavors you like, how often you drink wine, Monday nights, if you prefer red, white, or rosé. And based on these, it gives you this amazing selection of wines tailored just for you. And when you rate those wines, it gets even more tailored, a la, you know, uh, Netflix, just play into the algorithm. My algorithm got me both rosé and white wine, mm. my favorites, and they were so delicious, and I've gotten to enjoy them with many of my my friends. Look, being part of the First Leaf Wine Club also has perks. As a member, you get access to their incredibly helpful wine concierge. So if you want a wine pairing advice or you want to talk about the wines in your box, you can always talk to one of their experts. Plus, you get member-exclusive pricing What's in the box? on every order. Join the club today and discover new wines you'll love with First Leaf. Go to tryfirstleaf.com slash roses to get your first box. That's T-R-Y-F-I-R-S-T-L-E-A-F.com slash roses. Tryfirstleaf.com slash roses. Creams and serums are made of 70% water, 15% preservatives and emulsifiers, 
leaving only around 15% for the active ingredients that your skin needs. But luckily now, there's fiber skincare. 15 years ago, the scientists behind fiber skincare started working on nanofibers, which are 500 times smaller than human hair. You know, I I saw that in um, Three Body Problem. Mm. One year ago, they patented a way of wrapping the nanofiber around oil or liquid-based ingredients. This means they can deliver five times the active ingredients compared to creams or serums, as there is no need for water, preservatives, or emulsifiers. The first formulation made with this technology is plant-based, anti-wrinkle. Uh, it's a set of patches that you use over a series of seven days. You just put these on whenever you would apply your serums, and your skin is going to feel tighter in 10 seconds. And over the seven-day oh. program, it has been clinically proven to reduce wrinkles by, get this, 19.4%, a very precise percentage. In fact... Mm. They have a tighter skin guarantee. If your skin isn't tighter in seven days, they're going to give you your money back. No questions asked. You get the tighter skin guarantee with this seven-day routine. Tighter skin or your money back. Get a 15% discount code by using the discount code GAME. That's Fiber Skincare. Sweaters, candles, the dreaded bathrobe? Unfortunately, Mother's Day gifts can be a little predictable and boring. That's why an Aura Frame is the perfect gift to mix things up this year. It was named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter. Aura Frames are guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. My mom loves hers. I'm throwing pictures of Skabuli and our cat up there. She's laughing. She's texting me. He's so cute. I wish I could meet him. Cute. It's the next best thing to, to meeting my cat, really. You know, I love that it was so easy to set it up. I've recently learned I'm not good at uh, building things and I need an easy install. And oh. this only takes about two minutes to set up the frame using the Aura app. Aura frames are Wi-Fi connected, come with unlimited storage so you can share as many photos as you want from your phone to your mom's frame. She'll be grateful it's not another sweater and she'll love the frame to see more of you. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A, frames.com. Use code ROSES at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. Mm. 